Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Well, hello there, all you cool cats and kittens. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. My wife and I have gone down the Tiger King rabbit hole. And if you haven't watched any of Tiger King on Netflix, then you have no idea what I'm talking about, and I'm sorry. But I just couldn't help but <laughs> start uh, this episode with a little fun. So, it's me, it's Corey. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 29 of the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast. And let's go ahead and jump right in here. Um, a couple episodes ago, in episode number 27, I talked about the choice that we all have during stressful times. If you haven't already, be sure to go back and listen to that episode. It's good stuff. I promise you'll enjoy it. I promise you'll benefit. As a matter of fact, I had quite a few people message me and say like, oh my gosh, this was exactly what I needed to hear right now with all the craziness that's going on in the world. So definitely check it out. But here's the thing. In that episode, I described six steps that we go through during stressful times that cause us to basically just jump ship, to quit, fall off the wagon, and toss all of our health and weight loss goals out the window. Today, I, want to, I really want to provide some clarification and be sure that you understand the difference between stress eating and stress stopping. See, what I describe in episode 27 is stress stopping. And basically, here's like a super quick rundown of how that goes. Step one, boom, stressful times hit. It could be COVID-19 or work stuff or you're moving or financial problems or whatever. Then your worry and anxiety and emotions increase. Your brain starts swirling and starts looking for things to take off its plate. You try to keep up with your with your workout and, and your, your diet or your nutrition, your, your, all of your weight loss goals, but it's tough. And so you begin ultimately seeing exercise and having to eat a certain way as just another stressor, because if you can't do it right, then why do it at all? And then you rationalize, you know what? I'm just not going to worry about that stuff not right now. I'll get back to it when things settle down. That is stress stopping. Now, here's what's important to understand. This is not how emotional eating or stress eating works. The two are not the same. They can and do play off of each other, but how you experience them and deal with them is different. Stress stopping is when we're basically deceived into quitting our entire eating plan or workout routine because the rest of life seems so stressful and so overwhelming. Stress eating is when you use food as an escape or distraction in the moment. Stress stopping is more of like a grand scheme overall problem. Stress eating is more of a micro, like day-to-day -day issue. But do not be fooled. It's kind of like termites. Stress, <laughs> stress eating is kind of like termites. It may seem small or kind of inconsequential, but it is a big deal that rides below the surface and can cause some major problems over the course of time. So today, I want to give you a sneak peek into how I coach people, into how I coach my clients when it comes to stress eating. 
Now, I can't get into a ton of detail and fully explain everything because every situation's different, quite honestly, and this episode would wind up being like two hours long, <laughs> and I don't want to make you sit through that. So what I want to do is pull back the curtain and help you better understand what's going on with emotional eating or stress eating, whatever you want to call it, because as you probably know by now, I'm a huge believer that the better you know and understand what's behind something, like the better you know what's going on with it, the easier it is to change that thing, to stop, to think more rationally, to make better decisions. So you're ready? Here we go. I'm going to walk you through this. Hang with me. We'll bring it all together and it'll make sense. See, we think we stress eat because something happened, but that's really not true. I mean, think about it. It's not called event eating. We're not eating because some event happened. We're eating because of an emotion. We stress eat because we're feeling something. Now, here's where you got to open your mind and really pay attention, okay? The reason we're feeling something, feeling some emotion, is because we told ourselves a story about whatever it is that happened. See, like I said earlier, it's not the thing that happened the comment that was made, the situation at work, the fact that your kids got into trouble, the argument with your spouse, whatever. It could be a hundred different things. We, it, it, But that's not what it is. We want to blame our stress eating on what happened, on the event, but you can't put the blame there. The real culprit is what zipped through your brain right after that thing happened. You told yourself a story about that event. You created a belief about that reality. And that is what determines how you feel. It's not what happened. It's what you tell yourself about what happened. Let me repeat that. It's not what happened. It's not the thing that happened. It's what you tell yourself in your mind about what happened. It's amazing to me. And we can jump in a microsecond from some simple or small thing happening to, oh, I'm a terrible mother. I'm fat and ugly and my spouse isn't attracted to me anymore. I'm just a failure. I don't have what it takes. I'm a horrible friend. I will never be successful. Like, whoa, Nelly, what? Slow the bleep down, man. Slow down. This, the, the thing that happened, it really ain't about all that. Like, it, it, it ain't, it, 99% of the time, it's not that big of a deal. You're just telling yourself a massive story about a small, simple event. Like I said, you created a belief about that reality, and that is what is determining how you feel. It's not what happened, it's what you tell yourself about what happened. Tony Robbins sums this up beautifully. He says, what counts is not our reality, but rather our beliefs about it. Here's the thing, guys. It feels almost instantaneous. It's like event, emotion, boom, done. And we'll say that again. Think about it. The event's what happened, okay? It's like event, emotion, boom, we're done. But in reality, that's not how it is. There's a gap between event and emotion is what we tell ourselves about what happened. Think about it. 
this if we can step into that tiny gap if we can stop the automatic story that because that's what it is basically in our brains it's we we automatically tell ourselves a story boom super quick so if we can step into that tiny gap between event and emotion stop the automatic story and tell ourselves something different then suddenly oh my gosh we've not only mastered our stress eating you've become the master of your own personal mental universe it's it's the most amazing thing ever now <laughs> hopefully hopefully this makes sense hopefully like what as i'm explaining this you're getting it like it's 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 the pieces are coming together in your brain it is possible what i'm explaining to you stepping into that gap it is possible and you can do it but here's the truth because you know i'm always going to give you the truth <laughs> on on this podcast Stepping into that tiny gap and changing this story is a it, it's a skill. It doesn't just happen. It's a skill that you must develop. And it's tough to master. It takes time and effort. So what what do we do in the meantime, right? Do we just keep eating an entire box of Girl Scout cookies every time we feel sad or discouraged? <laughs> no, that's that's not the solution we're gonna go for today. It doesn't have to be that way. We don't we don't have to go to food like that. I'm going to give you some practical steps to help you overcome emotional eating. And the coolest part is, if you consistently use these three steps, you'll get better and better at understanding what's going on and stepping into that gap between event and emotion. This is really powerful stuff, guys. Grab a pad, grab a pen, and let's do it. Here we go. Step number one. Pause. Like, hit the pause button. This is huge, gang. We live in such a fast-paced, go-go-go world that we rarely or never take the time to slow down and think about what's going through our head. We need to just stop. Just pause. Hit the pause button just for a minute or two and take it all in. Become aware of what you're feeling and hear what your brain is telling you. And if I had to guess, once you slow down and listen, it's probably something like this. Hey, just just go ahead and eat that. Go ahead and eat that candy bar. Go ahead and eat that cookie. It'll make you feel better. Eat that instead of feeling this. It's not a conscious thought, but it zips through our head at Mach 5, and that's why we reach for that thing. That is the root of stress eating. So, step one pause. Step two, feel it. I like to tell my clients, feel it, don't kill it. <laughs> it sounds kind of silly, but it helps you remember it because it rhymes and it's true. Look, whenever we have an unpleasant emotion, we treat it like a freaking hot potato and we just, oh, we just try to get rid of it as quickly as possible. That does not help. Those negative emotions, they don't just magically go away. They get buried and they fester and fester. And I, I truly believe this is why so many people have road rage. They're so pissed off and hurt by a million other emotions they never processed. And then they totally lose their crap when someone forgets to use their turn signal. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. But it's exactly what happens. So, my friends, don't kill it. Feel it. Jump into that emotion. Jump into it and process the emotion. The stress, the fear, the anxiety, the worry, 
the discouragement, the panic, whatever. Usually it's, it's some sort of a painful emotion. We have to process it. And like I said, if you don't feel and process it now, it doesn't just go away. It just accumulates. It festers and it will eventually break through the surface somewhere, somehow, sometime. And honestly, <laughs> it's usually not the best time. It usually is an embarrassing time if we're just really real about it. So step two is fill it. Don't kill it. Step number three, make a conscious, intentional choice. If after all this, everything I've told you today in the first two steps, you decide to eat that food, that cookie, that candy bar, that bag of chips, whatever, that's okay. It's your choice. And it's a package deal. You get everything that comes with it. You get the escape, but also the repressed emotion that is added to a pile of other emotions that you're trying to avoid. And then the shame or guilt later. But here's the thing. I'm not, I'm not being a smart aleck. Here's the thing. At least you're slowing down, pausing, and practicing the first part of this process. Progress, my friends, is good. So don't beat yourself up. Okay? Now, on the other hand, if you choose to not eat that food, well, then you've got to choose something else to replace it, okay? You can't just say no to the cookies or the ice cream or the chips or the pretzels or whatever, whatever it is that you're stress munching on. You can't just say no to those. We have to put something in its place. Maybe it's a brisk walk, a workout, a quick chat with a good friend. You call up a really good friend. Maybe it's as simple as a cup of tea or some other food. Maybe it's a prayer or meditation. Anything, anything will work. Anything that will tend to your brain and your body. But here's the thing. Be ready because this is not a magic trick. It's <laughs> the emotion doesn't just magically poof, like disappear and fade away. It still must be processed. So even if you choose not to eat that food and you put something else in its place, you still have to and need to process and work through that emotion. So whatever you choose should be seen as the vehicle for helping you process what you're feeling. If you go on a walk, you go on a walk, you clear your head, get some fresh air, and you think about what you're feeling, and you work through what you're feeling. If you call up a good friend, maybe you talk with them about it. You get a little vulnerable and real with your friend and share it with them, and you process that emotion. But here, Here's the bottom line, gang, when it comes to stress eating. I want to wrap this up. You overcome... Emotional eating, stress eating, whatever you want to call it, you overcome this by choosing the emotion, your reality, over the food, which is the escape. Let me say it again. You overcome emotional eating by choosing the emotion, which is your reality, over the food, which is the escape. You know, the crazy part to me is that it's, <laughs> when we pull back and really think about it, it's so easy for any of us who have been blessed to not be addicts, like some sort of a drug addict. It's so easy for us to look at drug addicts or alcoholics and see so clearly how they're avoiding life by getting high or getting drunk. It's so easy for us to say, like, can't you see this is ruining your life? Why don't you just stop? But... It's so hard 
for us to see that we do the exact same thing. We avoid some component of our life, some emotion with food. Food is the most accessible, acceptable, and available drug there is. I believe this is a really big reason why America has such an obesity problem. We're avoiding and burying our emotions. We're self-medicating with food. We think losing weight is about all the physical stuff, about, oh, it's about getting the right workout and sweating our butt off and working our butt off. But I'm telling you guys, it's about the mental work. If you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard me say it before. If you want to change your body, you must first change your brain. And that's exactly what I do with my Inner Circle Coaching Group, and that's exactly what I try to help you do with this podcast. <sighs> so, my friends, if you enjoyed this episode, and you're like, you know, I really, I'd like to have some more help with the mental and emotional side of losing weight, I got a little treat for you. I've got a free download for you. It's called the 3R Mind Renewal Method. It's all about how to overcome your own self-doubt and self-sabotage and change that little negative voice in your head that I call the bully in your brain. It's about how to overcome that bully in your, bully in your brain. I explain the three R's, and then this is what's really, really cool. I walk you through some real-life coaching that I did with a lady named Lisa where I take her through the entire process. I really think you'll like it. You can find the link for this free download in the show notes for this episode. So you can go there, click, and um, it'll shoot it to you via email. And that's it, guys. That's a wrap. So as always, if you share this episode, please tag me on social media. I always love that. A few of you have been doing that lately. And oh my goodness, it absolutely makes my day. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, remember that you are incredible. You're freaking incredible. And there's more to you and your body than what you weigh. And man, forget those scales because losing weight, sure, yeah, we want to see the number go down. But you know what? It's really about gaining life and living life to the fullest. That's it, my friends. That's a wrap. I hope this episode was helpful. Thank you so much for your time today. Much, much love to you all. I pray that you and your family are safe and well. God bless. Can't wait to connect with you again. Bye-bye.